Welcome to the Heart of Leaders podcast, where each week we'll be exploring the frontiers of leadership with those who lead from the heart and put their people first, knowing that ultimately all team accomplishments are driven by people. They know that when they take care of their people, their people will take care of customers, lower costs, and drive customer loyalty and company profitability. These leaders believe that for most companies, culture trumps strategy. And culture starts with how you treat your people and how they treat each other. I'm your host, Rick Barrera, head of faculty for the Heart of Leaders training program in Denver, Colorado, where we teach extraordinary leaders how to build and lead high-performance teams who can consistently deliver exceptional results. Today, we're going to look at how taking care of your people will ensure that your people take care of your customers and your profits. In a recent McKinsey article, the authors Dilip Bhattacharjee, Jesus Moreno, and Francisco Ortega put it this way, Creating great customer experiences requires having an engaged and energized workforce, one that can translate individual experiences into satisfying end-to-end customer journeys and can continue to improve the customer journey over time to maintain a competitive edge. By appropriately motivating and rewarding such employees, a company will demonstrate its commitment to the employee's work and will thus align their interests more closely with its own customer strategy goals. In their excellent book, The Service Profit Chain, Heskett, Sasser, and Schlesinger showed that internal service quality mattered because it drove employee satisfaction, which in turn drove productivity and retention resulting in better customer service to customers, which then drove customer loyalty, revenue growth, and profitability. Gallup's exhaustive research shows that an engaged workforce provides an extraordinary advantage. Gallup has studied 2.5 million manager-led teams, including 27 million employees in 195 countries over four decades. Their research on engagement shows that the firms in the top 25% on their engagement score were 22% more profitable. But that's not all. They were also 21% more productive, got 10% higher customer ratings, had 41% fewer quality defects, 48% fewer safety incidents, 38% lower absenteeism, and 28% less shrinkage. But wait, there's more. The publicly traded companies on Fortune's list of the 100 best companies to work for had three times the rate of return of the S&P 500. That's a lot of statistics, and it breaks the rule that we're not supposed to do numbers on podcasts because they're hard to understand when they're not in writing. Let's just consider two of them. Profits are 22% higher, and the rate of return was three times higher. Do you really need any more numbers? This core principle was the last of the 12 core principles to be added because we thought it was a given. But our clients kept asking for profit correlations. So here they are. Five of the top 10 companies in Fortune's list of the 100 best companies to work for practice servant leadership. This is not just a methodology. It's a movement. And the timing couldn't be more critical for companies because the boomers are retiring and the millennials simply will not work for companies that do not share their values and treat them with dignity and respect. 
As you will hear from our faculty member, Patrick Kelly, these best practices don't just apply to attracting millennials. They apply to attracting any talented individual. Throughout this podcast series, you will learn from our faculty exactly how to take care of your people. Each of them will share the stories of their successes, and you'll hear about all of the learnings they had along the way. We'll never tell you that taking care of your people is easy, just that it's imperative for building a sustainable, competitive advantage. So what do we mean by taking care of your people? Create a culture of we before me. Recruit people who have a history of behaving selflessly. Onboard everyone by talking about your we-before-me culture. When team members are behaving selfishly, take them aside and find out what's going on. Regularly discuss your we-before-me culture and what it means. Be clear that collective goals come before personal goals. Make sure there's a clear path to a daring destination. Too many companies skip this step because they don't know what the daring destination is or how to find one. If that's true for your company, start the right discussions today to find yours. Recruit, coach, and train to we before me and the daring destination. Everyone must be clear on your daring destination and your we before me culture. You cannot drive this home enough. When your people are complaining that you're talking about it too much, you are just beginning to break through. Keep it up. Make sure you have shaped the grand story and they know their exact role in it. The grand story drives excitement and a sense of urgency. Each team member must know their exact role in helping them to get to the daring destination if they are to contribute their all. Invest the time to ensure that they are clear on both. Then, get out of their way. Ensure they know you value their contribution to the team. One way to ensure people don't have to seek recognition is to ensure that they are receiving it regularly. Catch your team members doing great things and let them know they are valued and that their contributions are valued by both you and the team. You will be amazed by what your team can accomplish on recognition alone. Make the time to recognize their contributions. Be as specific as you can when recognizing team members because they will repeat exactly what they are being recognized for. Make sure they're clear on exactly what you value about their attitude, behaviors, or performance. Invest in their education, growth, and skill set so they continue to have marketable skills. Putting your money where your mouth is goes a long way towards proving that you really do value your people. Writing checks to send them to internal or external training sessions shows them that you care and that you're willing to make cash investments in their future. Each member of your team should see a cash investment in their training and growth each year at a minimum. Keeping your team employable by you and others is a great way to build loyalty and long-term customer value. I was speaking recently with a group of programmers, and they were all expressing that they needed to change firms every two to three years to keep their programming skills sharp and to be able to work on new and different kinds of projects. What a shame to let those exceptionally valuable skill sets walk out the door because you have not designed a training plan and project plans to keep them growing 
right where they are. Know your team members as well as you know your family. I keep running into managers who tell me that they really don't want to get to know their people because they'll feel badly when their people leave. One manager actually said this to me. They're kind of like puppies. If I get attached to them, I'm going to feel really badly when I fire them. Really? What have you got to know them and what makes them tick? What if you truly understood why they come to work each day and what they hope to get out of it? What if you identified their gifts and leveraged them to get to the daring destination? What if you trained them, coached them, and recognized them for their contributions? Then maybe you wouldn't have to fire them and cost the company thousands of dollars in turnover costs. What if you became a leader rather than a manager and you inspired them to greatness? Get to know your team as well as you know your family. If you're using the commitment model of culture, they are your family. Treat members as you expect them to treat customers. How do you want your team to treat your customers? Do you want them ignoring customers? Letting doors slam in their faces? Fighting with them over parking spaces? Walking past them without speaking? Or addressing them by name when possible? Your people will treat your customers exactly as they are treated because they will assume that the internal culture is what you expect for your external culture. Why would they assume it would be any different? If you try to train them to treat customers differently than they are being treated, they will assume that you just want them to put on an act because you surely can't expect me to treat customers differently than I'm being treated by the company, do you? The bottom line is that the more you bond with, surprise, and delight your people, the more they will bond with, surprise, and delight your customers. It just can't work any other way. We've created application exercises for you so you can implement this core principle in your company. Head over to heartofleaderspodcast.com to download the exercises and access all of our other resources. We believe that Heart of Leaders is a movement started by boomers, accelerated by Gen Xers, and demanded by millennials. To learn more, find us online at heartofleaderspodcast.com, where we blog, post articles, and book reviews, and respond to your questions. We invite you to join the conversation.